gets to Stazabad, and I gotta tell you, it feels like spring is on the way. I see a couple of 50 degree weather days strung together, and that is an excellent sign. Not to mention, by the end of March, the sun will be setting after 7 p.m. Incredible. It's an awakening, folks. We're here. It's the Stazapod. Let's go. What do you need to know news-wise? Well, we do have a sale on the horizon. I don't yet know what the exact day is, but it's, it's coming soon. Um, this will be a sort of archive sale. Um, there will be... Yeah, it's, it's in flux. The less I say is probably the better because a lot of this could change. But I have been spending a lot of time in the workshop putting together some new Franken-Slice style figures. Um, there is also some boxes that I'm just going to fill with things I don't need anymore. And this includes a lot of stuff I picked up in Japan. I don't really know what the clever name for these boxes are yet, but... Um, I will develop one, and those will be on the site. There are, I think, seven of them. It'll be a reasonable price. But if you're into stuff like uh, the really great sort of uh, candy toys I'm always showing, or the Shodo or Sodo Common Rider figures and Ultraman figures, those are going to be in there as well. Um, it's just uh, it's stuff that is really cool, but probably can't sell on its own. And uh, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit together, put them in these big boxes, and you guys can uh, have at them. Uh, because there's going to be so many things on this site that are limit one and first come, first serve, uh, there's no real way to do a pre-order for this upcoming sale for patrons, so it's going to be a day and date sort of event. We will live stream beforehand, then we'll open the store, and you guys can all have at it. With that being said, there is one new figure that will debut alongside this sort of archive sale. And um, I probably should keep it a secret, but because I like you guys, I'm willing to tell you now that our next sale is called Alexander's Archive. And you can piece together what that may mean in the bigger scheme of things. Now again, because the majority of product that's going to be on sale during this next drop is going to be limit one, I don't really see a point in offering up a, a pre-order, especially on this figure, which is plentiful and should be in stock for quite some time. Not saying what figure that may be, but again saying that the name of the drop is Alexander's Archive. I am going to pick, um, I think, one or two second chance items. I don't yet know what those are going to be, but um, I have, uh, you know, an archive and I need to sort of make some room for incoming products. So I'm gonna pick one or two styles that have long been sold out, and I'm going to put up in the store my own samples that you guys can have another shot at. Uh, there is also going to be a restock on eight inch styles, and they're going to be at that same price, uh, the same sort of discounted price they've been at for a while. So if you missed out on one style, there's a chance that maybe I have one or two samples that will go up on the store and you can get a hold of. Um, random Bugman is definitely happening, but what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a sort of, uh, a Franken-Slice style random item, and 
it'll be a couple uh, set styles of Frankenstein's figures. You don't know which one of them you're getting. It might, it will likely be three different styles. One of those styles is a random Bugman, and uh, I think that th this is the most economical way I can do it to keep prices down and also not give myself, you know, a, a huge burden of work with photography and things like that when I have to build this skew. I've also been contemplating for a while doing, uh, adding a single auction type item to the store, because there is a an app through Shopify that I've been meaning to try that lets us run our own auctions, not unlike eBay or something like that. And I have in a plethora of test shots and uh, early samples and things like that that are unique that um, I don't really want to sort of put out into the secondary market through something like eBay. I'd rather keep it, you know, amongst us, the normal fans and customers. So what I may do is, is test out this app, have a single uh, prototype or pre-production item that gets put up and you guys can kind of bid on it. And 100% of those proceeds will go directly into production for new figures. So uh, it's not sort of lining my own pockets. It's unlocking something that all of us will benefit from. Very much would like to get your comments if you think that's something worthwhile, if you would probably throw a couple bucks after an auction for a unique item. Uh, finally, and this might change, but I'm, I think this will probably be included in the drop. I need to make a lot of room. Capsules are taking up a lot of room. We're going to talk about capsules later on in this podcast, but I'm thinking of a heavy discount for a very limited time of capsules so you guys can load up and I can reclaim that room in the workshop, which is very dearly needed. Final piece of news here. Uh, as I have said, Action Figure of the Month for March is going to go out a little bit later. Uh, right now we are hitting the correct milestones to get the goods here and possibly out the door by the 15th. Now my fingers are crossed on that. There are a ton of variables that could pop up and delay that. But as of right now, the major thing I needed to see from the factory I have seen. And uh, with a little bit of luck, this, will, this crazy <laughs> last minute switcheroo that I'm doing might actually pay off. And I think you guys are going to be pretty stoked when you see this. So, um, say a little prayer to the deity of your choice. And let's hope everything lands on time and I can get this out the door. With that being said, we are going to hop into your questions and my answers. So I got two eggs in the pan. They are cooking as we speak. In the meantime, I'm gonna go ahead and answer our first question, which comes from Eric. Are there move-in ready apartments at SubCity? Well, to call them apartments would be an overstatement. They are more like very Spartan barracks. And uh, the sort of lower rung employees are going to be splitting bunks and things like that. Now, there are quote-unquote apartments, which are slightly nicer than that. Some of them have a sort of transparent floor, so you can see the ocean below. And uh, one of those, quote-unquote, apartments is uh, 
belongs to our good friend Rex Gannon, who likes to spend time there when he can, but with his busy schedule, he doesn't get out there much. Charles has a question. Welcome back, Charles, by the way. I saw you rejoin the Patreon. When can we expect a white-clad lab coat-type hacker man, even just a material type for customizers? Uh, well, at first I would say don't expect anything, and you will never be disappointed. But aside from that, um, I would like to do a, a sort of white color scheme hacker man at some point. Uh, he is not currently on the docket. I'd have to give a think about when that might be. Uh, we are almost run through all of production one of Hackerman. There are a couple surprises left out of that first order. And then I will start thinking about putting together the next version of Hackerman. Uh, the next color version. It's not a new sculpt, to be clear. So um, I don't think that will happen anytime. Uh, might not even be this year, but we'll see. Uh, there is definitely a bright future for Hackerman. To give you guys an egg update, I have now flipped the eggs. I'm going for a sort of over medium style. And I've also added to the skillet uh, my turkey burger that I will be eating alongside this. I'm gonna crack the eggs, crack that yolk on top of the turkey burger. And uh, it's going to be a delicious, delicious meal. While I wait for that to happen, I'm gonna answer another question. That's from Matthew Paquette. How is Turbo A Tull Chapter 3 progressing? I'm excited to possibly get a new V2 capsule with that drop. Can I share the progress? Uh, you mentioned that Chapters 3, 4, and 5 are being worked on simultaneously. Also, Matt would be interested in an apartment in Sub-City if he's allowed to sublet. Well, after my previous description of what these living quarters are like, you might change your mind. Uh, how is Turbo A Tull Chapter 3 going? Uh, I gotta tell you, it's at a beautiful spot and there's some magical things happening. Uh, we have currently Ian Amling and Gavin Mackey working in tandem on a very special part of Chapter 3. And I gotta tell you, these guys are both fantastic level artists in their own right. When you combine the two, you are left with something just perfectly sublime, a, a masterpiece. So I'm incredibly enthused by how part three is proceeding. I think actually we may be wrapping up in the very near future. Um, chapter four is underway by our good friend the Nobby Wood. And chapter five, uh, which was supposed to start at the beginning of this month, has been pushed back slightly with the fantastic J.B. Rowe taking on his duties, um, I believe, next Monday. Uh, are all three of these books going to be combined and released together? I can't say at this moment, because actually we, we have a bit of a uh, lead with chapter three, and it is a lengthier story. It is the longest chapter of the book. Um, so there is a possibility that chapter three may get wrapped up and I just send it right to the printer because it's that strong. Um, I just don't know yet, but uh, I'm excited. I really want to get to chapter three. I want to get it out to you guys. It is the meat of the story. Four and five are great too. Four is really where all the fun is because that's the race itself. And then five is the finale, which is pretty epic and has huge implications for Knights of the Slice. But uh, chapter three is really like where I think I'm truly going to win all you guys over. 
and I'm excited about it. And a big shout out to my collaborators for helping me bring this to life. The egg has now been plated. I'm leaving the turkey burger in the skillet for a little while longer, and I've added to the top of it this fantastic product that I really love. It's called Vio Life. It's 100% vegan. There's no dairy, soy, gluten, lactose, nuts, preservatives. Uh, it's essentially just like coconut oil formulated into these sheets that sort of look like cheese. And I really like it. I've developed a taste for it. Is it as good as real cheese? No, absolutely not. None of this stuff ever is. But uh, much like the skeleton in The Last Unicorn, I remember. And so uh, I would recommend it if you guys want a little bit healthier diet. Moving along, Sean Gordon. When are we getting a DJ figure with karaoke playset? Sean Gordon, how dare you? I might have been a DJ earlier in my life, and I might have done some karaoke, but I have evolved. I have emerged from that cocoon. I am now a fully-fledged, state-certified musician. I'm doing original compositions. I'm not just hitting a button. I'm hitting more than one button, sometimes simultaneously. So I actually take offense to being called a DJ, and I take offense to the word karaoke. I am a artist, musician, doing performances, not karaoke. How dare you? In fact, um, I think uh, I, I think you must be punished. <laughs> You're going to be banned, and uh, all of your orders are now going to be routed through Puerto Rico before they get to you. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, hope you guys have been liking the performances. We're going to speak a little bit about that later on. In fact, we're going to speak about it right now with Mike Johnson's question. This week, what has inspired you the most? Uh, so for those who tuned into the drop, something spontaneous and miraculous happened. Uh, that was supposed to be just a standard live stream, just me and Nikki talking. And I was downstairs tinkering in the disco basement. And, uh... I was going to go upstairs and just turn on the lights and do a regular live stream, but I was kind of like fiddling with the keys and, you know, making Nikki laugh with silly songs, and we decided to just roll there. And so that drop became our first, I guess, music video slash drop. And uh, it somehow, much like Caligula getting a fever and then waking up and becoming the maniac he was, uh, I was imbued with... Uh, a stunning musical ability, I think we would all agree. Uh, pure competence when it comes to the Ivor Keys, although I've never had any formal lessons or anything like that. And every sound I make is really uh, quite nice to listen to, never hit the wrong note, or am out of time with the tempo. So what we all witnessed was the birth of a uh, heavenly body, of a, a, a star going supernova. So it's a very exciting time, and thusly, uh, my brain has been consumed with sounds and patterns that um, I can't really formulate because I don't know how to read music and I'm a little sloppy at being able to recreate what I hear on the keyboard. But um, it's all been very inspiring. And then I, I watched something really amazing, this beautiful piece of artwork. I mean, if you've, you know, if you've read the, the Russian masters or seen any of the Seven Wonders of the World, or been to the New York Opera. You know what I mean. That, 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 just a piece of work that cuts you to the core. It shoots a lightning bolt right up your ass, if you know what I mean. Um, Clown Core. This really wonderful video. It's on YouTube. Um, 
it's staggering. I may share it with you guys because it is truly a work of art and uh, probably one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. And I've been a midwife several times over in forest settings. So that should tell you how profound this is. Bad news, folks. My eggs were actually overdone. I was paying too much attention to you. And uh, I let them sit there for a moment too long. Still edible, but uh, can't help but think I sacrificed some of the experience for you guys. Gabe Tovar, I'm sure you've answered something like this before, but will you ever be doing another Super 7 The Worst crossover again? Or was it just a one-time slash two-time thing? I joined Knights of the Slice maybe around the tail end of that collab, and I never really bothered to ask or see anyone if they would uh, have another crossover like we did with the two packs you guys sold. So uh, my answer is I hope so. And there is a very early plan for a two-pack, another two-pack. This would be our third. But what has changed is since we started that collaboration, Super 7 have become so much bigger in, in scope. And they're doing so much product, so many more SKUs. They've had this tremendous success. And I'm, I'm endlessly happy for them. Uh, what that means is they don't have a lot of time for uh, small fry stuff like me. And that's okay. I'd rather that they are the powerhouse they are and uh, I'm left by the wayside. That's a perfectly reasonable uh, compromise. So I'm okay with that. Uh, the, uh, the concept is still queued up. If they find themselves with some free time, of course I am abundantly uh, willing to uh, do it. Uh, we shall see. So fingers crossed. And please don't bombard Super 7 demanding a new 3-pack. I think, uh, you know, that would <laughs> ensure that it never happens. Moving along, Keith Joy, can you tell us who is building the Space Bridge and what purpose it might serve in the future of Harbor Noir? Slight correction, it's a space elevator, not a space bridge, but I take your meaning. Um, it is being built by uh, taxpayer dollars. It is the dreaded socialism we keep hearing about. They're actually using people's money to make the world a better place. And it's disgusting, I think you would all agree. Um, there are various construction companies involved in this. Obviously, NASA would be a part of it. Uh, unfortunately, I can only assume in the world of Knights of the Slice, the uh, idiot billionaire space entrepreneurs would be involved, which uh, sucks, but is probably the case. And uh, there would also be sort of local, state, and federal government involved in the construction of it. Now, the premise of a space elevator in the world of Knights of the Slice would be the same premise of a space, a space elevator here in our world. Um, it is a relatively cheap means in which to put things in orbit without having to launch them. Through conventional methods, you could raise something up into the outer atmosphere and then launch them into orbit. Uh, you can watch any number of sort of, uh, you know, uh, scientific videos on space elevators and how they work and what the appeal of them is. Uh, you can also see one in action if you watch the opening to Ad Astra, a movie I have recommended before. There's a really fantastic uh, sequence that takes place on a space elevator. And I do think we will get one sooner than later because it is uh, 
a very economical means in which to continue space exploration and things like that. Moving along to the Tomimoto zone, what scale are the Ghost Bank Metalder figures? I'm trying to get my hands on some through proxy bidding. Are they Dino Riders size? Also, what other lines do I remember that are smaller than Kenner Plus scale? Thanks for the Doughty Ghost Bank pod. It was riveting. Um, I believe that's more than one question, Lance, you bad boy. So they are uh, perfectly in scale with Kenner Mask, Dino Riders, Sky Commanders, um, Vortex, if people remember that that line. Um, I, I guess that's, uh, what is that, about two inches tall? So they all work really well together. Um, I've, I have no problem sort of utilizing mask, Kenner mask uh, figures in the vehicles for Metalder and vice versa. They all kind of fit quite nice. As well, as far as like what other lines um, do I remember like this? I, I think I just mentioned, you know, the, the good ones. Dino Riders for sure. Uh, Sky Commanders, highly underrated. And um, and the great Kenner Mask. Tim Wilkins, uh, have I ever created a world map that shows where the exotic locations of Knights of the Slice, Pangaea, Island, Harbor Noir, Subcity are in relation to each other and other cities? Um, I have not. And part of the reason is it would have to be more of a like multi-dimensional chart or infograph. I'm not sure a, a standard flat 2D map would do justice to the world of Knights of the Slice, particularly because there are sort of spatial anomalies like Pangaea Island, which changes its position in the universe uh, based on factors we can't possibly understand. Grant Saunders coming in with a great question, I'm sure is on some of your minds. In your opinion, what is what are the requirements for someone to respectfully make their own glass compatible accessories or figures? Uh, I'm mostly referring to us resin users and was just wondering what the difference is from straight up bootlegging the peg system versus using it appropriately. Uh, now, I'm going to share with you my own opinion. This is not the opinion of Matt Dowdy or the greater uh, Glios community, but I think building up a body of work without uh, any Glios compatibility is very crucial uh, because you want to communicate that you have aspirations beyond uh, this fit function. Uh, once you've done that and you have stuff to show, I think the best way is to go to, you know, uh, O'Neill's website, look up the, uh, the sort of, uh, contact form and send Matt an email and share with him what you're doing and what you would like to do and get his blessing on the project. And more often than not, now he is a busy guy. I don't, I don't know, um, you know, his capacity for answering, speedily, but more often than not, uh, he will also provide really good insight into the projects you're working on. He may have some golden knowledge to impart upon you. So I think that that's always uh, the best way to do it. You know, start with Matt. If you are sort of uh, purposefully utilizing a sub-brand, like maybe you have a, a cool Battle Tribes hook arm or something like that. I think also speaking to those specific makers and getting their blessing is, uh, you know, a part of the the uh, the idea. But Dowdy's going to be first and foremost. That's the person you really want to, uh, you know, speak with. Brent Lawson. Will there be a capsule version three? Maybe a submarine for subsidy? 
It's a good question. Um, I think the reality is probably not. Uh, the capsules have done okay. They have not been stellar items, but I knew going into it that they would never sort of eclipse the sales that I get from action figures. 98% of people, of our customers, want three and three quarter inch slash four inch action figures. That's it. That's all they buy. They don't dip their toe into other things. And when they do, it's, it's rather sporadically and not with any sort of um, regularity. That means things like capsules, uh, accessory packs, comic books, trading cards. All of this sells a fraction of what our sort of standard items sell. And, uh, you know, I think it is remarkable that we managed to do two versions of capsules. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I don't know if the future holds a third. Now, as I said at the opening, it's going to be a capsule sale coming up, and that's going to make a lot of room. Uh, whether or not there is, you know, a a capsule version three, I, I think <laughs> uh, I would say uh, several orders of magnitude more of interest would have to be shown to the category, even beyond the sale that's coming up. So, um, you know, I would say it's less than a 50-50 chance that there's a brand new style of capsule in the future. Matt Dowdy, oh, sorry, this is a question from JT. Matt Dowdy likes to talk about the pocket test when designing a new figure. Is this a test that I've performed as well? If so, which pocket? I'd hate to be carrying my fingers, <laughs> figures in the wrong pocket. Yeah, obviously, we all have a separate pouch for fingers that are severed. I don't need to tell you guys that. Um, so the pocket test essentially is, you know, when Dowdy's designing something or he gets a sort of first shot, he carries it with him everywhere. He has it in his pocket. And uh, part of the idea there is to, one, go on adventures with this character, obviously. But two, see how it stays together. Does it fall apart? Does the paint chip? Does, you know, X, Y, and Z? Is he getting snagged on things? Um, I don't do this to the, the same degree Matt does. Uh, but I, you know, I do generally like to have new items with me as I'm, like, drawing on my sketch pad or as I'm working on the computer or as I'm, you know, outside basking in the sun. Uh, part of that proximity is sort of a means to trigger inspiration for me for writing the stories of these characters or select their name or something like that. Um, but I don't have a compulsion, like, if I'm running out to the grocery store, I, I you know, I don't think I bring anything with me. Um, I'm more concerned with hiding the sawed-off shotgun that I carry with me at all times because, actually, the Hudson Valley is infested with the undead. Now, the news is not going to report on this, uh, for obvious reasons, it would be a panic and an outrage, but there are these creatures, I call them uh, chewers, and uh, they seem to only come out at night, they do glow in the dark, they have translucent skin, uh, they do not like buckshot, and uh, that necessitates me obviously staying strapped at all times, uh, and now for legal reasons I must say parody, parody, parody. Moving along to Sean Denny, what's the inventory like on Bollinger Burton? Found the perfect armor accessory for his color scheme, but I'm hoping to wait for the next drop. I think you will be okay. Um, you know, there's an interesting phenomenon that uh, 
sort of was in the toy industry when I was there, and that was that African-American toys didn't sell. And that's kind of an ugly thing to say. And it was said by a lot of the old guard, uh, you know, uh, working at these toy companies that were sort of, uh, let's say, antiquated in their views of others. Now, I think people have reacted pretty well to Bollinger Burton. I think times are changing and people's tastes are changing. Um, I think that, if anything, Bollinger Burton is still in stock because he is, I don't know, what, the 7th or 8th Radic? And everybody's got a lot of Radics. So, um, you know, I would like to continue to do more figures that uh, better reflect... Uh, life as we know it. And that includes different nationalities and things like that, and different uh, interplanetary species as well. There, There's shockingly little representation for our folks from Venus and the Outer Belt, and um, I'd like to change that. question on Patreon. Gavin Raider, is it too late for a question? When's the general cutoff for when we can ask something in these threads? Do you record a specific time every day or is it at random? Uh, well, again, more than one question, but a good one. So let me dig in. Um, your best bet of getting a question answered is to reply to either the Patreon thread or the Facebook thread within 24 hours. Now, again, I don't always have time to get to every single question. If there's something that's a bit repetitive of a question that's been asked very recently, I probably skip it. If there's something unintelligible, I tend to skip it. Um, Usually, I solicit questions on either Tuesday or Wednesday. And then when I wake up in the morning on Thursday, before anyone else is stirring in the house, I start recording. Might take me um, up until Friday uh, afternoon to get all the questions done. But that's usually my schedule, give or take a few hours. So if you have something pressing, your best bet is going to be posting it quickly when you see either the Facebook or the Patreon thread go up, which is typically, again, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Moving over to Facebook, Red Renfield has got a good one here. Your chunky bruiser class figures with Beef Strong have given us an 80s muscle beach body in Radic, the classic horror jumpsuit body in Hackerman, a body that's more machine than man, Sen 5, and of course a throwback caveman, Chromega. Is there any genre you would still really like to do with Beef Strong or another Chunky Boy to join that lineup? This is a great question. Um, I, I sort of feel very satiated with our Chunky Boys, and Get, being able to go back and, and fundraise Chromega and Sen5, remember we unlocked both of them, which was great, I feel like I've scratched that itch pretty well. I am still interested in having different um, heights in the line of Knights of the Slice. You know, uh, Suitman is particularly tall, Star Marshal is a little on the shorter side. I like having a variation like that. Um, if I could do one more sort of specific chunky boy, uh, maybe with Beef Strong or maybe with another artist, um, there's only one that I I have sort of 
you know, loaded and ready. And that is, I think it would be interesting to have a, a kind of bruiser in a suit, you know, like a, a sort of uh, Joe Fixit type, um, or, you know, maybe like a, a big uh, Dick Tracy type villain. That's a interesting idea to me. Unfortunately, you run into kind of two problems there. One, we already did a character in a suit. And I think you can make the argument, it's not a great use of limited capital to then go and tool yet another character in a suit that's just kind of slightly bigger. Um, That to me isn't like a really great strategy when there's so many other very bizarre, very different sculpts begging to be made. The other part is aesthetics. Um, I think like those bigger characters and kind of like a hunched over pose and and things like that, um, those tend to work better where you have a lot of detail and you have a lot of battle damage and you have insects crawling on them and you have knives sticking out of them. And basically, you know, you're sort of taking a page from Playmates, uh, Ninja Turtles, or maybe, you know, Toxic Crusader. Um, I, I think that when you are doing characters like that, you want to have a lot of detail and a lot of folds and a lot of interesting stuff. Hackerman's a, a great example. You know, he has his computer console on the back. He's got all these this wonderful ribbing and knee pads and things like that. It really utilizes the real estate of the sculpt in a compelling, aesthetic fashion. The character I would like to do that's a big bruiser in a suit, I would want him to look neat and pressed and, uh, you know, undamaged. Um, that's just sort of what I envision in my mind. That's one of the appeals of Suitman. It's like a crisp, clean figure with clean lines. Um, not particularly interesting from a sculptural aspect. There's not a lot of details. I wouldn't want like there to be battle damage. I wouldn't want there to be all this stuff that kind of make sculpts pop and, and have interesting contours. So that's the other part of the challenge. I don't really want to do just another bigger figure that is very smooth and, you know, has little to no detailing to it. So I, I think, you know, that's that's probably the full range of my thoughts on that. There were a couple discarded designs I did that uh, Beef Strong was going to do after Chromega. And um, fortunately for him, he got sucked up with all this very, very impressive work. I think recently he did a New York Times piece. Um, you know, he's an in-demand, talented guy, and uh, I'm glad that he's busy and not sort of, <laughs> you know, letting his labor be exploited for such, for the low fees that I can sort of afford. One of those designs was a sort of, uh, I guess like a heroic soldier is the best way I would describe it. Uh, but that sort of runs into the same exact problem. It's a relatively like smooth, featureless character idea. You know, I don't know that um, it's really the best use of money, especially considering the Chunky Boys are, you know, they're more expensive than a standard uh, sort of Night of the Slice. Not profoundly more expensive, but it is a consideration. So um, I think, you know, gun to my head, I think that Chromega is going to be our last Chunky Boy uh, maybe for quite some time. I think that's probably the fairest way to look at it. All the more reason we should be proud that we got both of those guys done. Um, it was no small feat. Really, all four of them. Just, it's been a multi-year project. We're so very close to them all being in hand. And uh, by the end of this year, 
easily, um, you'll have all four of these thick boys. And I think that's pretty great. And I thank you guys for that. Brian Phelps has a great question. And by the way, Brian Phelps just uh, did a stone cold stunner on everybody, revealing this really beautiful um, Space Pirate Cobra custom he had done utilizing the Star Marshal body. There is a, a small but proud tradition of Space uh, Pirate Cobra customs using Knight of the Slice. I'm always very proud to see them. That is a, uh, a manga that I love very dearly. Um, and one that is worth diving into. Uh, I'm not sure if I should tell this story, but I was briefly pitching to be the licensing agent for a film adaptation of that um, that, you know, died pretty quick, but had some superior filmmakers behind it. It really would have been um, just a, a staggering feature had the production moved forward, but uh, sadly it did not. Um, what I did see of it was pretty amazing. It, it would have, uh, damn, it would have been a great film. But anyway, uh, I don't, I don't believe I signed an NDA before that. So, um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's my vague recollection. Anyway, moving on, Brian asked, can we start a petition to get some black cowboy armor for Star Marshal? Everybody wants more cowboy armor, myself included. Um, I don't know if there's going to be any new production on cowboy armor. Um, I don't own the cowboy armor. That is Kit Lau's project. He uh, is the sole owner of that uh, tooling, as it is part of his annex world. And, uh, you know, um, I would love to make more. I think we're winding down the project. Um, I don't have sort of definitive information. So, I would say, outside of our first production of the Star Marshal, uh, there is nothing on deck currently. If that changes, I will keep you guys posted. But, um, you know, all collaborations at a certain point kind of trickle off. And whether or not we get a second wind on this one remains to be seen. I hope it does. And with that, I have answered your questions. Please mercifully release me from this obligation so that I may scour the earth and vanquish evil. I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, thank you guys for submitting very, very thoughtful, interesting questions this week. I always appreciate that. We've been on a good run with this. Keep your eyes peeled for our next drop. It's going to be pretty damn exciting. And uh, the only thing left to say is pizza out.